0: Hello and welcome back to the Addicted to Healthy podcast, your one-stop destination for all things health and a kick-ass life. I'm Laurence, a certified nutritional practitioner and health coach, PCOS fighter, and creator of PCOS Breakthrough, and your host of the Addicted to Healthy podcast. So today I have Lauren Zoller on who will be talking about self, love, body image, confidence, we'll be talking about yoga and her struggle with MTHFR and her misdiagnosis of PCOS. So it's going to be a really juicy episode, and I hope you love it. So today I'm welcoming Lauren Zoller, who is a Certified Whole Living Life Coach. She has achieved overwhelming success in helping people achieve their mind, body, and spirit goals. Her coaching practice focuses on guiding individuals in a variety of practices to feel good in their bodies believe in themselves, and live out their intentions. Lauren teaches yoga at multiple studios studios in the Nashville area and also leads 200-hour yoga teacher trainings with Phoenix Yoga Teacher Trainings. She has been teaching dance, yoga, and fitness for over 12 years and loves any opportunity that allows her to help people achieve their mind, body, spirit goals, both on and off the mat. So welcome, Lauren. Thank you so much for being here. I'm so excited for our talk today.
1: Yeah, thank you for having me.
0: So you are in the Nashville area, correct?
1: Yes, I am in Nashville, Tennessee. I'm actually um, my office is in Bellevue, which is right outside of Nashville, but I serve kind of the greater Nashville area.
0: Awesome! Yeah, so I'm in Vancouver. So we had a little bit of a mix up this morning when I realized that our time (laughs) zones weren't the same. But (laughs) it's all good. So I just wanted to start off by getting to know you a little bit and. you just explaining to the readers how your journey started with what you're doing now and how your health journey started and how you ended up doing what you're doing today.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, um, I grew up as a dancer. I danced all the way through high school and actually into college. And I decided to, I had some injuries. I decided to leave the dance world when I was a sophomore in college. And when I did that, I had a kind of a reality check, um, in regards to my body and the way that my mind body connection was happening, I had moved my body for so long. And when I had taken that out of the equation, I kind of slipped into a crazy depression. I didn't really know how to get myself out of it. And at the time, I didn't know that it was because I had taken away movement. So I started to, when I spiraled down, I started to kind of look at different ways that I could bring myself out of the spiral of depression. And that is when I found yoga. And when I found yoga, um, it opened my eyes to so much more outside of myself and I was able to kind of fall in love with myself again. So through yoga um, is, yoga started my health journey and helped me realize that there was a deeper connection Um, and that I was put on this earth for a reason. And through yoga, I started to deepen my understanding of how everything that I put in my body would affect how my mind worked and how my body would function. So after going through yoga, I decided to find a life coach. Someone recommended that I find a life coach um, to kind of help further me on my journey. And that was what... working with a life coach is what ultimately made me want to become a life coach. And so I work with my clients from a holistic view. We look at your whole life, like what what foods are you putting in your body? How are you moving your body? What are you doing to connect your mind, body, and spirit so that you can live and feel amazing um, all the time? And so my health journey, I know that you speak a lot to PCOS. When I was going through that depressive state in my life I was having a lot of symptoms that presented themselves um, much like PCOS and I thought that I actually had a doctor that wanted to diagnose me with PCOS but when um, when it all came down to it there were just missing links and she couldn't figure it out so after a really long time of trying to balance my hormones, I found a fantastic um, nutritionist and a holistic practitioner in Nashville that ended up testing me for a genetic defect called MTHFR that presents itself much like PCOS. And we tackled, it has a lot of, it can, it can bring your hormones out of balance just the same way. Um, and when I was diagnosed with that, It became very apparent to me how important it was that I continued to eat healthy and move my body and practice yoga to keep me in that space from spiraling back into depression. It really was the catalyst that made me want to share my journey and to heal other people in the process was knowing that, you know, the healthy eating and the yoga, the meditation and my body movement, um, was keeping me alive, really keeping me alive and healthy. So that's a little bit about my journey.
0: Amazing. Yeah, I love it. And I can really relate with a lot of it it as well. So I think it would be a good idea if you could summarize what MTHFR is and what your story was with that, because it is pretty common. And I think it would be great for the listeners to learn more about it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So MTHFR is a genetic defect that does not allow your body to absorb folic acid the way that it should. So I was having a um, certain symptoms such as chronic fatigue. I was very moody. I had a lot of, um, of symptoms that presented themselves much like PCOS does. I was having you know, irregular periods. I was almost crippled when my periods did roll around. And after going, talking to the, the doctor about all of these symptoms that I was having, she, and just kind of a little backstory my mother has polycystic kidney disease, and she also has macular degeneration and when I told my doctor that my mother had these two things, and I I also have polycystic kidney disease as well, when I told the the doctor about that, she said, well, I would like to look in to see if you do have this genetic defect. This may be the answer that we're looking for, since since PCOS doesn't seem to be 100% on the mark of what you have. And so she did the genetic defect test, and sure enough, when it came back, I had the defect. So that made sense as to why I was presenting myself with these symptoms. I was having almost a toxic overload of folic acid in my body that was creating this chain of effects that presented itself much like PCOS.
0: Wow. And so what is the test that you did?
1: it is um it's called genomind and it is a blood test and you can go to any any practitioner and tell them that you would like to have a genetic test done and it will come back with all of the different um if you have any all of the genetic defects that are in your body and it also will show you what genes are working correctly in your body so ev- the test is split into um, you'll have two different color codings on the test. One will show you what side you get from your mother and what side you get from your father. And when it came back, it showed that on my mother's side that I had this MTHFR, which, and the doctor seems to think that since. The folic acid in my body is at such a toxic level, was at such a toxic level for so long, what had happened to my mother since she has it as well, that is what has caused the polycystic kidney disease and is also what has caused her macular degeneration. So we're kind of attacking it from the front end, being able to use the medication that will allow my body to absorb folic acid so that I can minimize these symptoms that I've been having that have been presenting themselves, much like PCOS, to kind of further my health down the line so that my body does absorb folic acid.
0: Yeah, that's crazy, and that's amazing that um, this doctor thought to think of that, which was great, because especially with PCOS, I mean, there's a lot of other things it could be, and I think a lot of people just turn to PCOS right away, um, mm-hmm. but it's really important to do the right tests and make sure that it's not something else. Um, yeah. And I was just wondering, so you started taking that, um, supplement and what else did you start doing? Did you see change right away?
1: I did. So what I didn't know at the time was that the yoga I had, I had completely switched my eating. So I am, I'm pretty much vegan for the most part. If my body is calling for, um, meat of some sort, I will give it Fish or sometimes chicken, but for the most part, I completely cut out. Once I was diagnosed with that, I was considering myself vegetarian, but I decided to go full vegan. The biggest change that I saw in myself that I made was eliminating dairy. So when I took out dairy, my whole world changed. I wasn't riding the emotional roller coaster. Um, it also helped with the I was having really bad cystic acne, and cutting out dairy completely eliminated the cystic acne um it's just my body was in this overhaul state of not being able to detoxify the way that it needed to so when i was when i decided to make the switch of feeding my body with whole foods and slowing down and doing meditation and making sure that yoga was a part of my everyday routine along with the deplin that was allowing my body to absorb the folic acid It all just kind of came together in this beautiful marriage and I was able to function again.
0: (laughs) Amazing. Yeah, I definitely think that it's the whole holistic view. Um, We obviously agree on that. It's obviously nutrition is the base, but if your mind isn't right, if you aren't happy with like your life in general, your relationships, your career, um, I mean, there are going to be missing links, right? So when you add that all together and the lifestyle changes, it makes a huge difference.
1: Yeah, so true. So true. And I know that we're in agreement on that too. Exactly. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. It's just such a game changer when you can, when you can figure out how all the puzzle pieces fit together, you really will see it in your body.
0: Exactly. Yeah. And it can take a little while. It can take a few changes and, you know, different um, directions, but once you do start to put the little pieces together, it starts building up. Right. And even yeah, the baby steps. Sure. I think some people want the pill that's going to cure everything, but it's really it's the little baby steps that add up.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. And it, and I think too something I know that you and I have spoken about this before. Um, when I was being diagnosed, when they were we were trying to figure out what it was. I mean, I thought I had PCOS for a really long time, and because of that, my you know OB/GYN put me on a plethora of birth control pills <laughs> uh, <yeah. laughs> and it was just so much trial and error. And I really had to get, I think what really was the staple and helping me realize that there was something deeper than what I was working with was being able to tune in and listen to my body, what worked and what didn't.
0: Yeah. Be intuitive and listen to your body. That's a huge one. Did you um have polycystic ovaries or not?
1: No, I haven't had polycystic ovaries, um, just kidneys. So polycystic kidneys and I've been diagnosed with it, but I have never had an issue. Um, and I was diagnosed with it years and years ago. I honestly haven't even done a test as of late to see if the cysts are still there. And I would be curious to see how, since I've adopted a different lifestyle, um, what has happened to those cysts and even if they're still there.
0: Yeah, And especially since you tackled the MTHFR and the folic acid, it would be mm-hmm. interesting. I'm willing to bet they're gone, but you never know. But that's great that it doesn't affect you because that's the big one if you have symptoms and if it's debilitating and if it really reduces your quality of life, um, right. then that's another thing, right? Absolutely. And so did you struggle with, I know I did, and I know that PCOS is very much Uh, linked emotionally and with depression like you talked about anxiety moodiness I went through all of that very common with PCOS. So did you struggle a lot with Confidence and self-love and all of that?
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, yes (laughs) I think we all do at Um, some point. (laughs) Yeah, that was my that was my whole story and if you go to my website and you read my about page I talk all about my you know my story with that being a dancer Um, you know, I was bullied as a child, mostly because of, you know, I was, I grew a lot quicker than the other boys and girls that were in my class. And that, it stemmed from that. But then once I got older, um, I really did not have a way to manage it, especially being in the dance world and being in the spotlight all the time. I would hide behind the mask of, stepping on stage and being able to perform. Once I stepped off the stage, I didn't know who I was anymore. I had no self-confidence whatsoever. I almost felt foreign in my body. Um, And it's something that, you know, I continue to struggle with. I feel like with body confidence, it's definitely something. And if you have, if you've been diagnosed with PCOS or MTHFR, there is, it's been proven that it will affect your hormones and it will affect the way that serotonin speaks to your brain. Um, so body confidence is very prevalent and people that are diagnosed with PCOS and MTHFR. And I think what yoga and meditation has done is helped me manage that. And has helped me have the conversation with myself and knowing that I'm going to have up days and I'm going to have down days. And it's okay when those down days do appear because they're always, they're going to continue to appear. But when they do appear, it's knowing the steps to be able to listen to yourself and take care of yourself. If you need extra downtime, take that extra downtime for yourself. Um, But it's being able to know that the body confidence and I call them the little demons, they're still going to be there you know they're always going to be there but what the key the key to you know managing them is knowing the steps to take to kind of pacify and talk and have that conversation with them when they do come up
0: yeah i love that you mentioned that because i think self love is really being thrown around a lot and it's a pretty broad term kind of a lot of people don't really know what it means like what does that mean self love like it can be easy to love yourself. It can be very hard to love yourself. Um, But I think it's really important to kind of mention that it's not just about loving yourself when like you're having your good days, you're having fun, you're on vacation. It's about really evaluating where you're messing up, where something's not working for you, where your demons are coming out and just recognizing that this is a demon coming out and what can I do to change it? How can I change the conversation? So I want to ask you, what does self-love really mean to you?
1: Yeah. Self-love means to me being able to honor what your body is telling you in any given moment. It's being open to intentional listening. So always being in conversation with how do I feel today? what do I need today? What is best for me? Um, So intentional listening and then also intentional speaking. So when you're in tune with self-love and really knowing and listening to what your body needs, it's being able to speak from a place of intention too. Your body can hear everything you tell it, everything that you tell it. So if you're even speaking, you know, sometimes I think like we speak certain things in passing that we don't think about when they come out of our mouths, right? So I have, a, you know, I have clients that will jokingly say, oh, well, I just need to lose five pounds or I look fat today, but it's fine. And we say these things and we don't think about what we're saying. It's almost habitual for us to, to say these things because they've become so normal in everyday conversation in society. And the thing is, is that your body hears everything that you say. So to be able to wake up and say, you know, I love my body or today I, you know, I really love this or I really love that about myself, your body hears those things. So Being in self-love and practicing self-love is being really aware of how your body is feeling on a daily basis, but also being very aware of whatever comes out of your mouth, you're going to speak your reality. So make sure that your reality and the things that are coming out of your mouth are things that you would say to your best friend or you would say to someone that you love because your body is the same way.
0: Completely agree. It also ties into a lot of the law of attraction. Like what you say out loud is what you get. And I mean, some people kind of find that a bit woo-woo. But I definitely was one of those people who was like negative Nancy. Everything that came out of my mouth mm-hmm. was negative. Even the thoughts. Like I would look at myself in the mirror and I would just see like either fat or whatever. Something, every imperfection that I could see would come out. And um, And it was just very debilitating, and it affected my health. And I saw a huge difference in my health altogether when I started changing that conversation. And instead of putting myself down, or even if I messed up on something, I would just kind of come for myself now, and I'm my own cheerleader right now. So every time I say something, if I have a negative thought, because we all have them, we're not immune to them. Um, I think it's really important to just change that conversation. And it's the easiest way to start. I think it's by recognizing when you have a negative thought and then changing it into a positive one instead. Right.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. I was giving someone, I actually am posting a blog about this later today. Um, my brother was got married this weekend and, you know, with, with celebrations and marriages or you know enjoying yourself sometimes you will on a monday you will not feel your best and it's very easy very easy when you spend a weekend celebrating and maybe eating foods you shouldn't eat or drinking things you shouldn't drink it's very easy to spiral down into the i call it the self-hate bubble right? Like I did all of these things, how am I going to get myself out of this? And it's being able, I mean, even just a simple example like this, being able to wake up on Monday morning and say, I had fun this weekend. Like it was a great weekend that I got to spend with family. Yes, I maybe have done some things that I wouldn't normally do in my daily routine, but my body is resilient. My body is amazing. And today I'm going to do things to nurture my body, to get it back on track. Shifting to that conversation is so much lighter and will almost automatically bring you to a lighter state and have your body feeling better than saying, oh, I did all of these awful things to my body this weekend, and I'm just going to be upset about it, and I'm going to, you know, I'm so fat today, and I don't feel good. That automatically will, your body will hear that, and it will begin to shut down.
0: Yeah, and it's been shown to even change the hormones that you secrete with negative or positive emotions. Like if you go into the stress hormones or the dopamine, the serotonin, that's going to make a big difference too, right? right. Um, and with someone who has history of disordered eating, I can totally relate with that. If I had something bad, the, literally the first thought would be, how do I restrict tomorrow and how do I go back onto my diet or whatever, And I realized that whenever I did do something bad, quote unquote, I would break out right away, have these really bad reactions, um, and then just like loathe myself and basically just ruin and sabotage the rest of my day. Whereas now I had like, I had three drinks this week, which is not normal for me, but I actually enjoyed it. Um, If I have something that's not usually Um, something I eat in my diet every day, I actually enjoy it fully. And like you said, I just tell myself that my body can handle this. Um, It's designed to be able to handle this in a small amount, of course. And just by enjoying it, it changes the the chemical reactions in your body. It changes how you feel about your body. Uh, It changes how you you digest the food. So really just savoring something that you really want is going to make a big difference instead of just like, it down or eating it like in secret and just thinking about the next diet that you can start the next day, right?
1: Right. Yeah, absolutely. It's just being, it's constantly being in that intentional listening space and that intentional speaking. Your body hears everything. And yeah. that's exactly what you're pointing to. Exactly.
0: Yeah. Every cell in your body is responding to your thoughts. And I definitely thought it was a load of bull, excuse my language, but (laughs) I was really (sighs) not into like the woo-woo stuff, the, you know, the mindset work until I started doing it myself. And I was like, holy crap, this is crazy. This is actually working. And I saw really immediate changes and then some longer term changes, but it's definitely all connected. And as a holistic practitioner, I think it's really important to recognize that. So I think I did have a wake up call with with that as well yeah I want to ask you something about so body image and self-love obviously they are very much related especially in the summer months it can be really hard for a lot of people to go out and rock that bikini or just go to the beach and have fun Um, people are really reluctant to do that if they have Body image issues if they don't have, if they have low self esteem, self confidence issues. So, how would you go about that? And what would you recommend somebody who's struggling with that? What would be like the first steps to take?
1: I think the first step to take in being able to really step into who you are and feeling good when you step out of your comfort zone is being able to develop some sort of self care routine that you can have time for yourself to be able to kind of tap into who you are and what makes you so beautiful and wonderful. Um, And what I mean by a self-care routine is something that makes you feel good. I think that a lot of the issues with body confidence and being able to step outside of your own space and into the world where others are looking at you is being able to develop a sense of confidence and being able to really tap into what makes you special and unique, regardless of how you think or perceive yourself, if that makes sense. So when I have clients that come to me, the first step that I that I take with them is being able to give them a tool to tap back into themselves, and that usually shows up in the form of a self-care routine. And um, I don't know if you have a self-care routine that you follow regularly, Um, I
0: definitely do. Yeah.
1: Yeah. But I think that is what is so important because if you can't, if you can't tap into loving yourself, it's going to be really hard for you to step out and for others to love you the same way. So even if it's a matter of, You know, taking five minutes in the morning to sit down and meditate and journal about all of the things that you love about yourself, which sounds crazy. (laughs) And it's really hard to do at first. It's really hard to sit down and to write, you know, to free write what it is that you love about yourself. Because you have to get really deep into maybe some things that you didn't think that you hadn't addressed yet. But being able to start to have that conversation with being in love with yourself is what's going to help you be able to step out and to have others perceive you in all of your glory and and really be able to see what it is that you love about yourself so that others can see that.
0: Completely agree. Love it. Yeah. Definitely a self-care routine is something that is really important. Um, I love journaling, meditating. I can't believe... I do that every morning, every night now. Um, Mm -hmm. And it is a struggle. Meditating is something you really have to work on. But there are different things that can help you, like apps and videos and audios and all of that and different books. But it is something that is definitely needed, especially for in our society. I think we just don't have time to pause and reflect and just be present anymore. So it's really a time that forces you to do that. Um, And another thing I really want to mention that is a huge stealer of self-love and confidence is the comparison trap. So I know we are all guilty of this and it's really hard to navigate sometimes, but even just, for instance, on Instagram, I basically unfollowed a lot of accounts that just started making me anxious and comparing myself, whether it be like body image or other things, and that weren't really inspiring me, then I just started to unfollow them and just being aware of when you're comparing yourself and really putting the focus back on you and saying, well, she's beautiful, or she has a great career or whatever, and I look up to her. And that's maybe something that you envision for your own life. And it's really saying to yourself that you can have that you can have what she has and recognizing what you have and what 's beautiful in yourself right now, right, like you were saying, journaling what you love about yourself, definitely something that is difficult, but it takes practice, but it's it can make a huge difference because comparing yourself is just not going to make you happy
1: yeah because your the thing is about comparison is that your reality is so different than someone else's reality, and social media has done something so horrible, I think, to our society is it's given a false perception of life. With yeah, people it's the highlight reel, right? Yeah, it's a highlight reel. It's all the ups and no downs. Um, and, you know, I try to be very clear and vulnerable about that on, you know, when I share is that life isn't pretty all the time too. And I think it's being able to realize that Life isn't pretty. You're going to have up days, you're going to have down days, but it's how you deal with it and you, you know, process it and and have a conversation with yourself that really matters. And I completely agree. I think the comparison, being able to do things to eliminate comparison in your life is going to help you tremendously with self-confidence.
0: Yeah, definitely. And I I do think that there is a movement about showing that kind of showing behind the scenes with like Instagram story and all of that. And there's a lot more bloggers and influencers who are showing the, like the not so cool side of things or the struggles or even when they're in pain. And I really think that's important, especially for young girls growing up and who have these like perfect pictures of models and these perfect mm-hmm. lives that they have in their heads Um that it's really, everybody does struggle right with whatever's going on in their life and it's not perfect. So that's right, really
1: cool. Yeah, we're all connected.
0: Definitely. So what are your favorite self-care routines? I know we talked about meditating and journaling. Do you have any other ones?
1: I do. So obviously yoga is a big one for me. Um, Yeah. I try to get on my mat every single day. That is a big one. To move my body is probably my number one self-care routine. I try to move my body in some way, shape, or form on a daily basis. If I can't get to yoga, I'll walk. Um, if I can't walk, if I can't get out of the house, I will go in my room and do like a quick five-minute hit circuit. Um, it's really being able to move. So move is very important in my self-care routine. I am an introverted extrovert.
0: <laughs> yeah, I always get that, that mixed up too. I feel like I'm the same thing, but then I kind of flip them around. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I love, I love people and my whole job is connecting with people, right? I'm a coach and I love to connect with people and I see a lot of clients on a daily basis. And that's a lot of energy that I am bringing onto myself and giving away. So I have every single morning, I meditate and journal. I wake up. The first thing I do is I go straight. I have a studio in my home. So I go straight to my studio and I plop down and I meditate for 10 to 20 minutes. And then I journal. I will journal for 30 minutes. I set a timer. I read and journal. And then I try to move. But being able to take time to be with myself and using, I know now that my morning routine also known as my self-care routine, is absolutely crucial and is a non-negotiable for me because I now have done it long enough that I can tell the effects when I don't have it. So those are my big things. Journaling, meditation, and moving my body in some way, shape, or form um, are my my absolute non-negotiable self-care items that I have to do on a daily basis.
0: Love it. Definitely agree. When I don't have my self-care routine, I do the meditating and journaling in the morning and reading and I love it. And if I feel like I'm rushed in the morning or I have a really early morning, I sometimes skip it and I just don't feel the same. So I totally agree with that. Absolutely. And just to end things off, I know as a life coach, um, and really teaching your clients about different struggles in their lives and the emotional connect- connection the mindset all of that um what would you say if somebody's in a rut and they're just struggling with their health and they're just they feel like they're just in a bottomless pit and they don't know how to get out what would be two or three tips that you would suggest for them to do like anything that really comes to your mind
1: yeah get quiet that's my number one my number one tip get really quiet um and what i mean by that is start a meditation practice. Even if it's impossible and even if you can only sit down and close your eyes for one minute, meditation is going to bring so much clarity to your life and it's going to bring you answers that most of the time when you're in a rut, your brain can't get quiet enough to receive. So that would be my first tip. My second tip would be to trust your gut and trust your intuition and really be able to listen to what your body and your mind is telling you. That's going to come when you get quiet in meditation from tip number one. Um, So being able to get quiet and receive the answers and then know, don't second guess yourself. If your body is telling you that you need to get up and go outside, get up and go outside. If your body is telling you that you need to step into a yoga class if your body is telling you you need to go to a therapist or you need to eat differently or you need to just try something new, reach out for help and listen to what your body is asking you for because you never know when you listen to those signals where the path is going to lead you. And then my third tip would be to, to, to reach out for help, to contact a coach, to contact a therapist, somebody that has experience in where you are and where you've been is going to be the answers that you need to help you further you on your path. So being quiet, listening to what your body, getting quiet, listening to what your body really is calling for, and then reaching out for help would be my, my top three tips.
0: Love it. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much. That was amazing. I feel like we could go on and on and on (laughs) forever. But um, tell us what you're up to right now and how we can find you.
1: Yeah, so you can find me on my website at laurenzoller.com. I'll put the (laughs) link. Yes, yeah, I'll send you all the links. And right now, a couple of things. So I have a free five-day meditation course that anyone can sign up for. So I'll send you the link for that. If anybody's interested, just click on the link and it will dump a recorded, it's a guided meditation. You get five of them over a five day period and you can just push play on the recordings and um, plop down on your couch or your meditation cushion and it will teach you how to meditate. So that's for free that I wanted to be able to, to give your listeners. And my next big thing that I am offering is I have an eight-week course that is starting August 20th, I believe. Is that Monday. Um, and it is eight weeks of, it's called the Find the Missing Peace course. And we dive into yoga, meditation, journaling, intentional listening, intentional speaking, There's two hour group coaching calls that you get to hop on every week and and you also get course materials throughout the eight weeks and I limit it to 15 people. I offer it every eight weeks and it's kind of a deep dive into being able to set a self care practice and being able to manage and find the missing piece in your life that you've been looking for.
0: Amazing. Well, I want to do all of this. (laughs) Um, I think the meditation is also a great way for listeners today who want to know how to really start their self-care routine. So that's amazing. Uh, I would definitely be signing up for that as well. So I will put all the links for your courses and your meditation and your social media in the show notes. Thank you so much again for hopping on here and talking with me. And um yeah, it was so great to have you on here and I'm sure we'll have you back on to talk about lots more topics.
1: Awesome, it was so wonderful. Thank you for having me.
0: Thanks, Lauren. Okay. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode. I will link all of the links in the show notes so you can check out Lauren's course and her meditation and her social media. And if you love this episode, I would of course love and appreciate a review on iTunes and I'll catch you on the next episode.